the show today. A new report shows that despite increased protections, consumers want even more privacy. Facebook is testing a new feature hoping to reduce sharing links without reading. Microsoft announces an end-of-life date for Internet Explorer. Our Scam of the Day discusses digital kidnapping scams. And today's tip teaches you seven steps you can take to give your devices a spring cleaning. All of that and more is coming up on the May 24th, 2021 edition of Cybersecurity Made Personal. Helping you stay safe in a connected world. This is Cybersecurity Made Personal. Hello and welcome to the Cybersecurity Made Personal Podcast, the safest podcast on the internet. I'm your host, Jim Herman. I have five stories on the news beat for you today. We begin with some privacy news, where privacy company Truata has released its Global Consumer State of Mind report for 2021. According to the report, Nearly half of all consumers say that they feel they have lost control over how much data is being stored about them. Furthermore, close to 80% of global consumers now say that data privacy is essential to them, and 60% believe companies have overstepped their bounds in collecting data. This report shows that despite increasing privacy regulations by many governments, Consumers believe that more needs to be done in order to protect privacy online. The sentiment that seems to be echoed over and over is that consumers want companies to use more discretion and take more responsibility for the data they collect and use about their customers. In a different release of data, the FBI has reported that complaints about online scams have reached record levels. The Internet Crime Complaint Center, or IC3, received its sixth millionth complaint last week, reaching that milestone only 14 months after it reached the 5 million mark. The report notes that the pandemic led to reports about a number of new scams, along with an increase in the number of people reporting existing scams. For example, the FBI has received a number of reports about scams involving fake vaccine appointments, along with an increase in delivery-related scams due to the increase in online orders in the past year. The report also notes that cryptocurrency scams have increased in the past year, with over $80 million lost in the last six months alone. The soaring price of crypto, combined with its support from celebrities, has led to an increase in interest in these alternative currencies, which of course has drawn interest from scammers right along with it. So the best advice anyone can give is to trust no one online, at least not until you've verified that what you're being told is true. In news from Facebook, 
The social media giant announced a new experimental feature last week that will prompt people to open a link before sharing it on social media. The company says it hopes this new feature will promote more informed sharing among its users. This feature is similar to a feature that Twitter rolled out last year. Twitter said its warnings did succeed in getting people to read links before sharing them, and that some people chose to not open or retweet the link after receiving the warning. Moving on to news from another tech giant, Microsoft announced that it plans to pull the plug on its Internet Explorer browser sometime next year. Microsoft replaced Internet Explorer with its Edge browser in 2015, but it still maintained Internet Explorer for companies with systems that relied on the older browser. However, Microsoft has announced that the browser will no longer be supported in some versions of Windows beginning next year. It seems crazy to think that at one time, Microsoft's dominance of the browser market with Internet Explorer was the subject of an antitrust investigation and litigation. Now, Internet Explorer seems destined to join many other popular technology systems from the early days of the Internet in the dustbin of history. And finally, in a follow-up to our topic last week, Colonial Pipeline's CEO finally sat down for an interview with the Wall Street Journal. One of the biggest news stories from the interview was confirmation of the reports that the companies had, in fact, paid the ransom demand. The CEO said that he authorized the payment because he was not sure how badly the systems had been breached and how long it would take to restore operations. He admitted that he knew it would be a highly controversial decision, and it was one he did not take lightly. Given the large amount of fuel the pipeline transports daily, he felt that paying was the best decision for the country. However, assuming that the reports that the decryption tool was essentially useless are also true, it's easy to wonder if the CEO still believes paying was a good idea. We certainly understand that might be a bit like Monday morning quarterbacking, but hopefully it's food for thought for the next CEO who might face that decision. And now we move on to the scam of the day. Today's scam is the virtual kidnapping scam. Kidnapping alone is a problem, but this scam plays on that fear without the scammers actually getting involved in kidnapping. It will start with a call claiming that your child, or sometimes a friend or a relative, has been kidnapped. You might even hear screaming or conversation in the background as a way of trying to back up the claims of kidnapping. In most cases, they'll demand that you pay the ransom by wire transfer immediately, and they'll promise that all kinds of harm will come to your loved ones if you hang up the phone. In some cases, this has also been done to the family of a student studying in a foreign country, which can complicate communication with that student. The scammers may even comb through what's available on your child's social media profiles in order to gather additional data that can be used to make their claims sound more legitimate. For example, if they can find mention of the person's favorite food, 
They'll say the person ate it for dinner last night as a sign of their goodwill. But the truth is, there is no actual kidnapping. Your child or loved one is just fine and has no knowledge of anything that's happened. That's why they want you to pay immediately. They don't want to give you time to contact the person or for the person to contact you. So if you're called by someone claiming to be holding a loved one for ransom, don't pay the ransom right away. Try to contact the person by text or by a phone call on another phone. Try to slow the situation down. Ask to speak to your loved one to verify he or she is unharmed. Ask for a few days to get the money for the ransom together. And of course, you can always attempt to get your local police department involved as well. They will be able to help you identify whether this is a scam or a legitimate kidnapping, and they'll also be able to advise you on what steps you should take next. If you find a scam you think we'd like to talk about on the show, you can send it to us at scam at cybersecuritymadepersonal.com. And now we move on to our cybersecurity pop quiz. Each week, we ask you a question in the field of online security or privacy, and it's your job to figure out the right answer. Today's question is a true or false question. The question is, you should not be concerned if a website emails your password to you when you say you forgot it. True or false? The answer will be revealed in next week's episode. But if you want to know it right away, you can go to cybersecuritymadepersonal.com slash popquiz to submit your guess and find out if you're right. Plus, if you submit your guess on the website, regardless of whether you're right or wrong, you can be entered to win a $25 Amazon gift card when we conclude Season 3 in August. But your guess to this question must be submitted before the next episode airs on Tuesday, June 1st. For official rules, visit cybersecuritymadepersonal.com slash quiz rules. Last week's question was, as an individual, which of these groups are most likely to be interested in your personal information? A. Nations B. Big tech companies C. Small-time hackers or D. Criminal hacking gangs The correct answer is B. Big tech companies are the ones who will be most interested in the personal data of individuals. Obviously, they're not going to steal it from you like the other groups listed, but they will take everything that they can find. The small-time individual hackers may also have an interest in compromising your devices, often to make a little money or sometimes just for the laughs. But once they've accomplished their purpose, they'll move on to the next target. Criminal hacking gangs and hacking groups working for nations aren't generally going to be interested in your devices or your information. Their targets are large corporations, companies that they can extort for large sums of money, 
or other nations in order to steal national secrets for intelligence purposes. If you end up in the crosshairs of one of these organizations, it was likely entirely by accident. We are in the middle of spring, which means it's spring cleaning season. But any time is a great time to give your devices a good physical and virtual cleaning. We'll discuss seven ways to give your devices a spring cleaning, or if you prefer, a summer, fall, or winter cleaning, when we come back from this short break. Hi, it's Jim. If you're enjoying the show, we'd love it if you could follow us in your favorite podcast player. That will ensure you never miss an episode. And while you're there, we'd also appreciate it if you could rate the show and give us a review. We'd love to hear what your thoughts are. And finally, the best review that someone can give us is to tell their friends about the show. Invite them to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, or send them to our website, cybersecuritymadepersonal.com, where they can find links to the show in all the major podcast players. Thanks for your support, and now, back to the show. Last Monday was National Pack Rat Day, a day intended to get people to think about whether or not they have become a pack rat, someone who hoards more than they need. While being a pack rat of physical items is certainly a problem, and one that I myself might struggle with at times, the tendency for many people is to become digital pack rats as well. It's never a bad idea to give your devices a cleaning from time to time, both physically and digitally. So with that in mind, here are seven things to consider if you want to do a spring cleaning of your tech. First, clean up your photos, videos, and the other media on your devices. This can be especially important on mobile devices where storage space is often more limited, but it's also a good idea for desktop and laptop computers. Remove the majority of your old photos and videos from your mobile devices and your laptop. It's unlikely you're going to need most of them, and they're just going to take up space. And while you're at it, you may want to organize your pictures and videos into folders. It will help you find those photos and videos when you want to show them to someone. At the same time, you should also consider your backup plans. You don't want to lose these files if your device is lost, stolen, destroyed, or suffers a technical issue. Make sure you have copies of your media saved in multiple locations. Second, clean out your apps. Old apps that you no longer need or use take up space on your devices and can be a security risk. If a flaw is found in one of these programs, it can be exploited to install malware or compromise your data. That can happen to any program, so don't keep programs on your devices if you're no longer using them. Go through the list of apps on each of your devices 
and uninstall the ones that you no longer use. On iOS, you can go through the list of apps in the App Library. Android has a similar list called the Application Manager. On my Android tablet, I access it by swiping up, although that can vary from version to version and even from device to device. On a Windows computer, you can go to Settings Apps to view all of your installed applications. This includes ones that were installed with an installer and the ones that were installed through the Windows Store. And on Mac, you can go to the Applications folder in Finder to view all of your installed apps. A security flaw in an app can't harm you if you uninstall the app first. Third, clear out your cache and memory data. Your web browser holds a large amount of data about you. Plus, your web browser also saves information about your browsing history, login and form data, and cookies. All of this information can be saved and sold to advertisers. To delete your web browsing data on a computer, all you have to do is open your browser and press Ctrl-Shift-Delete. That will bring up a menu that allows you to delete a number of different sets of browsing data. On my browser, I have the option to delete downloads, cookies, storage, cache, passwords, form autofill data, the application cache, and site settings from this menu. On mobile devices, you can clear the data from each app individually. Go to each app in the settings, open it, and then tap on the button to clear the history and data. Fourth, clear out your temporary folders. Your temporary folders are designed to be exactly as the name implies, temporary. For example, when you open a PDF file in your browser, your computer has to download it and store it somewhere in order to display it, so it creates a temporary file for it. Under most circumstances, the temporary files are deleted once the program that created them is closed. However, in some cases, the temporary files aren't deleted, especially if the program or the system isn't shut down properly. Windows has a section in the settings that allows you to view and delete the temporary files. Go to System, Storage, Temporary Files. There you can see a large list of options for the temporary files. My system is only about a month old, and it already has over 31 gigabytes of temporary files. Many of these are files that I downloaded and I don't want to delete, but even if I don't remove those, there's still over 6 gigabytes of files to remove. Macs also have a temporary files folder, but it's much more difficult to clear out. It requires running commands from the terminal. If you want to do that, there will be instructions available in the show notes at cybersecuritymadepersonal.com slash episode 59. Fifth, update your operating system. As I've mentioned before on this program, keeping your operating system and apps up to date is important because it protects against vulnerabilities in the software. 
On Windows devices, you may also want to check for old Windows installations. Windows will save files from past installations so it can revert back to them if necessary. However, once you've been using that updated version of Windows for a while, it's highly unlikely that you're going to find the need to revert back. After that point, the data from past installations is just taking up space. You'll usually find these folders in the C drive on your computer, generally labeled Windows.old. Delete these folders if you want to free up some space. Sixth, look through your contact lists. Chances are, there's a few people in there that you don't speak to anymore. If you don't see a reason to keep someone in your contacts list, then go ahead and remove them. And finally, as you're cleaning your device virtually, don't forget to also clean your device physically. Use electronics wipes to clean your device whenever possible. If you don't have them available, then a damp cloth with soap and water is okay in most cases. Just make sure that it's not too wet. You don't want water to get inside your devices. Also, if you're using the soap and water, make sure to stay away from any fan vents or ports. You don't want water to get inside of those. For desktops and laptops, use compressed air to clean out the fan vents. Just make sure to turn off the computer first. And if you're comfortable with it, open up the case and use the compressed air to blow out any dust inside. Dust is the enemy of your computer. It traps heat inside, and that heat can harm the components. For a laptop or desktop computer, make sure to clean your keyboard and mouse as well. Once again, an electronics wipe is best. And then, turn your keyboard upside down and try to shake out anything that may have gotten inside. And finally, use compressed air to help blow out anything that's left. So as we draw to a close, it's good to give your devices a good cleaning from time to time, both physically and virtually. The physical cleaning can get rid of dust and germs, and the virtual cleaning will help clean up some space and can give you some security benefits as well. So that's it for today. Thanks for listening, and enjoy your newly cleaned devices. Next week, we will release our episode on Tuesday instead of Monday due to the U.S. Memorial Day holiday. Memorial Day begins what we typically call the summer travel season. So with that in mind, we will discuss some ways that you can stay safe when you're traveling. So until next time, stay safe. Thanks again for joining us for the Cybersecurity Made Personal podcast. Check out the show notes page linked in the description for links to the articles mentioned, more information about today's tip, and a transcription of this episode. If you enjoyed this episode, we'd love it if you would consider visiting our welcome page at cybersecuritymadepersonal.com slash welcome. There, you can find more information about the show and links to some of our most popular episodes. Cybersecurity Made Personal is provided for educational purposes only. 
Don't take any action on your computer unless you fully understand what you are doing and the possible consequences. Visit CybersecurityMadePersonal.com slash disclaimer for more information. Cybersecurity Made Personal is a production of Personal Cybersecurity, LLC. I'm Jim Herman. Thanks for listening and stay safe.